Hi, this is Patty Lapone. This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow, or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hey, I heard you needed inspiration. He's a lot of and friends with some revelations. Little known back to the day. Every little thing's gonna be a-okay. Little known fact about my guest today, she self-taped a monologue and a song in her bedroom, and that self-tape became her starring role in Jagged Little Pill. Welcome, Elizabeth Stanley, to the podcast. I am here today happily welcoming my guest, Elizabeth Stanley. Elizabeth is currently starring in Jagged Little Pill on Broadway. Her previous Broadway credits include Million Dollar Quartet, Cry Baby, On the Town, and Company. And she starred in the national tours of The Bridges of Madison County and Xanadu. Some of her many television appearances include the shows FBI, The Get Down, The Affair, and The Chappelle Show. Guys, Google her. There's one million more, but I only have her for a short time, so I didn't want to use up all my time reading her bio. Anyway, I'm so thrilled to welcome the lovely, beautiful, brilliant Elizabeth Stanley to the Little Known Facts podcast. Oh my gosh, what an intro. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. It is so thrilling. I saw you in this show. I mean, I've seen you in many things, but I did have the honor of seeing you in Jagged Little Pill, Aww. which is going to be the show that even though you're going to do one million things in your life after this, <laughs> um, I imagine, based on watching you, it will remain something you're proud of and pleased to have done. Mm. Oh, that's that's so nice of you to say. Yeah, I feel like it is a special piece. Um I felt that from the very first lab that we did. You know, when you're first working on something, when it's on the page and you're just figuring out what it is, it's, yeah. hard, I, it's hard to tell kind of what something's going to be. But the first time that we had, you know, a little bit of an audience in the rehearsal room, just like a few special guests to share it with, was the first time I was aware of like, oh, this is this is not like every other piece. Yeah. And also, I mean, I don't know about you, but... I loved that album so much. Jagged Little Pill was a really important album to me. Mm -hmm. Um, When I came to see the show, what was really fascinating is some people had not heard the music before to my left. (laughs) And then the people to my right, like me, were kind of singing along and could sing every word if they weren't asked politely to not sing out loud (laughs) because we paid a lot of money to see you. Um, And yet... 
I was very curious to see if the people who didn't know the music already and had no history with it, what their experience would be. And it was equal in every way to my experience and maybe in some ways better because they did have no preconceived idea or expectation. Mm -hmm. And the story just unfolded for them as the story of this, the Healy family in this play. So can you actually, I'm talking about this, people all over the world listen to this and they will not have had the luxury of seeing the show yet <laughs> sure. um, as I talk about it. So can you give a little truncated explanation of what the story of your show is? Sure. Well, I can try. So it is about a suburban Connecticut family of which I am the matriarch. And it really kind of centers around my, through my eyes, the story through me. Um, and we're, we're living this really picture-perfect life. Uh, our son is a superstar who just got accepted to Harvard. He's a, you know, um, an Olympic-style swimmer. Uh, my husband is a really fancy lawyer, and we have an adopted daughter who is an activist. Um, and, you know, everything is kind of great, so it seems. And then uh, you sort of get a a deeper look into what's really happening in their lives. And it's, it's, there's a lot of pain that they're sitting on, especially my character. Um, and in a lot of ways that she's numbing the pain and, um, and then things sort of implode and it forces them to really inspect what, what's really happening in their lives. What I love is this, there's this conceit in the show of that Christmas letter that people send out. Right. It's certainly an American tradition. I don't know if it's done all over the world, but it's yeah. definitely done in the good old USA yep. of like this very like, here's our life. Don't you wish you were us? And so the play begins with that typical like son got into Harvard, like all the things. Yep. Um, and then at the end of the show, there's another Christmas letter mm -hmm. that sort of gives us insight into kind of the reality of what's right. going on for this family. And there's such a um, – it's such a liberating moment yeah. for you and for the cast to sort of go, here's our truth and we love each other. Yeah. Right? And so there's so much love in this play and there's also just the glorious voices that you guys can listen to on the Broadway cast album of yeah. Jagged Little Pill. But I want to talk about – you know, what's really amazing is um, your voice – is one of the most beautiful, singular, original. There's a way in which you can express yourself through singing oh, that is so seamless between when you are speaking as the character and when you are singing. Um, it's just a really beautiful thing to behold. And I was wondering, yes. as I always do when I'm in the presence of such a gift, when did you realize that you were a person who sang, and also you have the unusual talent of being able to sing like that and act like that. So not everyone <laughs> can kind of do all the things, and not everyone in life is expected to do all the things, but you can. <laughs> well, thank um, you. <laughs> mazel tov, <laughs> Mrs. Healy. Um, so when did that awareness happen, not just that you loved doing it, but other people loved when you did it? Mm. Well, I mean, you know, as an actor, it still feels like you're you're still hoping that people love that you do it. Okay, well, I'm here <laughs> to say that we do. Yeah, but I, I always loved singing um, since the time I was a small child, and um, my mom is was a teacher. She's retired now, um, so she was really awesome about like fostering whatever sort of things she saw her kids being interested was in. She, and, what did she teach, and where did she teach, and where did you grow up? Uh, so I grew up in the Midwest. I was born in Iowa, and then we moved to Illinois, so my childhood was sort of half and half between the two states, um, but really rural, kind of, you know, 
farm towns. And um, my mom, uh, well, she taught a few different things over the course of her time. Um, She originally was a fourth grade teacher, and then she took some time off and stayed home with us when we were little kids. And then she taught gifted ed and was a huge advocate for that for many years. And then uh, in the later part of her career, and she taught fifth grade again, and then she became an administrator for pre-K and special ed. And did she sing also? Were your parents musical? Yes. Yeah. Uh, my mom played the piano and she sang. And so she was very, came from a very musical family herself. And were you and, listening to Broadway cast albums growing up? Or was, was I mean, you lived without access probably to big shows. Correct. So where did like yeah. you start learning about this thing called musical theater? Um, yeah, we did have a few cast albums. Um, Jesus Christ Superstar and Hair and Annie were the main ones. Hair and Annie. Sure, why not? <laughs> um, <laughs> and... But yeah, and and uh, I remember like The Sound of Music was like a movie that I was allowed to stay up late to watch when right. it would be on TV. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, but no, there, other than that, there wasn't a ton of music in our home. My parents did not just like play music all the time at home. I'm always jealous of people who, you know, whose parents that was their jam. Yeah. Um, but my mom always had NPR on in the kitchen. So there was always like classical music happening sure so and information about culture that's right access to that and very soothing voices yes yes (laughs) sinatra on sundays yeah um so did you sing in church did you sing in school yeah yeah so i sang in church and then in school also um and then there was a community theater about 30 miles from where I was as an elementary, I mean, as a, like a middle school student and I started doing stuff there. But that's far. Like someone had to drive you. Yeah. Yeah. My, my sweet parents, mostly my mom. Yeah. So the bug was, you got bit at some point. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't, um, I don't know. I still didn't really know like what Broadway was. I'd never seen a Broadway show. I never like, it's hard to say it's hard to have a dream for something that you haven't seen or that you don't know what it is. You know what I mean? So I, I, I wasn't a kid who always Aspired. thought that's exactly what I'm going to do. Right. Yeah. Um, my voice teacher when I was in high school had been an opera singer. And so I think that's an, that's actually what I went to college to do because she was the only really professional musician I'd ever met. And I kind of thought, oh, I understand what that life uh-huh. might look like. So, so did you start training in opera? Yeah. And do you know a ton about opera? Are you an aficionado in no, a way? No, I'm not. Um, so it is what I studied. But by the time I was like halfway through college, um, I had met more theater friends and decided like, oh, I like that better. That's and fun. so then I kind of started trying to educate myself in that. Where did you go to college? Um, I went to Indiana University to wow. the Jacob School. But that's an incredible school for people who love music. Yes, it's an awesome music school. I'm so grateful to have, you know, had my education there. It's just because I feel really solid in like one of the three things you're asked to do in musical theater you know I feel really confident well I feel really confident in music and that like I actually incredible and you read music and you can and you know how to treat your voice properly yeah like I had four dedicated years to really focus on just that are there things now in your working life that you do ritualistically or in preparation for performance that came out of that training at that time 
Um, I mean, I think it's just like habitual from my, you know, from my childhood and from that time. Like I always start with what's on the page. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether, and that sort of crosses over into script work as well. But, you know, if I'm learning music, like I always just it's like what's written on this page. So let's just start there before we add anything else. And for, you know, like let's Meaning just literally to break this down for me, the dum-dum, what are the notes right. on the page? Right. What are the notes on this page and what are the lyrics? Uh-huh. And, okay. Let's just commit them to memory. Right. Um, and, and so I have to kind of work in layers that that's like phase one. Right. And then you can add in the acting and the emotion. Right. How do the, I feel about yeah. the things on the page? And then that usually colors, you know, what your voice and how you interpret it. But um, I kind of have to start with the basics. Yeah. So you somehow, like, it's really amazing to me when I talk to people who lived in a small town far away from New York City, mm-hmm. um, you are now like taking Broadway by storm. I mean, <laughs> you had, you are, and <clears throat> excuse me, and you are, I don't know, like you look at sort of all the parts you got to do mm. before this part, and mm-hmm. it makes perfect sense in terms of like <laughs> the narrative of your professional story. Uh, but when it's happening, you have no idea like where this is all going. And you started Jagged Little Pill in a workshop. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, did you know this music well? I did, but I didn't own the album. So okay. I didn't know every single song on it. So like Forgiven, which is the song I sang at the end of Act 2, I mean, end of Act 1, um, was the song I'd never heard before. So that was my audition song. So I had to learn it. So you that. auditioned. Uh-huh. And... What did you have to do for the audition? Um, it was actually they asked you to submit a digital audition because they, they weren't able to get the creative team all assembled in one room. So they were like, just send in something. Um, and it was the monologue that leads into Forgiven as well as the opening Christmas letter monologue. And what are you talking about in that monologue? Uh, it's that? a conversation with God. Like she finds herself in, in church unexpectedly. Um, and... Yeah, it's just this sort of like, what's help? Help. Yeah. So are you doing it like in your bedroom? Is it like in the bathroom in front of a white shower curtain? Like when you look back, like where did you do it? (laughs) That's how I do my self-tapes. The light is very good. Yeah. No, I was in my spare bedroom and um, yeah, it. I... I had like the camera set up on a stepladder and I was just, you know, <laughs> janky and yeah. scrappy. Yeah. Yeah. And then the the opening monologue is uh, you know, she's typing a Christmas letter on her computer, so it was great cuz I kind of had the script like set up on my laptop and so that was I didn't didn't have to have it I'm completely memorized. At the same time. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And did you have a feeling did you have a feeling that this was going to come your way or was it just one more thing you were doing on a Thursday that you know, submitting yourself for? Um, no, I mean, I did, I had really, um, you know, I think I was at a point in my life where I was really asking for, you know, God, the universe to like bring in work that like was of substance, had something to say, um, was a, 
felt like it was contributing to the world in a positive, proactive way. Um, was that coming out of because when you know there's company and on, I mean all the bridges of Madison yeah. County, like you have had. I imagine I'm going to call it the pleasure. You can call it yeah. whatever you want <laughs> of working on some beautiful material. Yeah, in big, meaty, wonderful parts. Yeah. Um, but was there something going on at that specific moment, or is that a prayer you always put out? It wasn't a prayer I'd always put out, but I think I was just at a point in my life. You know, I was like in my mid thirties and was just like. If it's if I don't continue to do this with my life, mm-hmm. then let's then I should choose something else. You know, did but, you have any ideas specifically of what that looked like, or like are there other things that you love that you could have imagined doing? Yeah, none I mean, of those I'm are ever so... going to happen now. I'm really sorry. <laughs> now that you've done this, there will never be a moment where you don't have beautiful roles being offered to you. Oh, I'm just gosh. saying that right yeah. now. But I, I hope you're right. Yes, Thank you. I promise. Um, I promise. You can come back and be like, Alana, you promise. I'd be like, I know. Where are they? It's all here. Um, Hang on. Uh, yeah, no, I just think, yeah, there are so many things I love. Um you know, I I love plants. I love um, agriculture. So there's a part of me that was like, oh, maybe I should try to do something with that. I'm I'm very interested in uh, spirituality and theology, and so you know, part of me is like, well, maybe I should go back to school for that, just like to learn about it and landscape theology. Um, sure, yeah. You know, like what Any is God it. telling us about plants? Yes, yeah. I don't. I mean, there's so many things I'm curious about, and it kind of feels like you get to that point in your life, and you're like, I still have a lot of life ahead of me. Yeah. Like, if, if I'm going to make a change, I should do it now. Right. Um, but alas, but alas, not right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because the change that happened is sort of giving us this gift of this part where we all get to see ourselves in different ways, whether literally or metaphorically, um, inhabited by this character who is putting on a great front at seeming like everything is together. Yeah, and I think we're living in a world right now where there's so much pressure. You don't have to be an opioid addict, right? Uh, you know, we have all kinds of secrets. Yeah, you know, drugs happen to play a big part right. in this show called Jagged Little Pill. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Jagged Little Pills are represented in all sorts of ways in our lives. So. If you can talk a little bit about, so you got the part. Yeah. By the way, congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. Four years ago, three years ago? Uh, like three. Yeah. With this incredible dream team of Alanis, Diablo, Diane, mm-hmm. Tom Kitt, yeah. who I tell everyone, was my piano teacher. <sighs> and I'm like, so lucky. what do you do when you're not teaching <laughs> piano? He's like, oh, I write musicals. I was like, well, good luck with that. <laughs> You're a great teacher. I would hate to lose you. Um, and I think back mortified to like, you know, the kind of piano I was playing and then the genius that was. Um, anyway. He really is the best. Yeah. Generous and and had this idea. And along with other people. Yeah. To create a musical out of this incredible music. And it's um, it's game changing in all mm-hmm. sorts of ways. So your company, many of whom have been on this show already, yeah. Catherine Gallagher <laughs> and Derek Leonard, like there's a way in which they talk about you, which is having you at the center of this thing, both as the star of the show and then just as the grounding force that is this maternal friend hmm. to all. Um, you've led companies before, but this is like a unique company. Yeah, It's big. Mm-hmm. Um what has that been like to sort of be at the center of this beautiful 
beautiful play. It's so special. Um, And to be trusted with this part by all the people who we admire so much going, you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, I I feel incredibly lucky. You know, there's so much luck that goes into any casting. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, but I... It's a really incredible group of people, um, and it is a unique experience for me to be, like, the oldest woman in the cast. Right. Crazy, um, right? It's the first time that that's been the experience for me. So, um, you know, part of that is really refreshing. I, I feel like, oh, by default, I don't have to be, like, feeling like I'm competing or having to, you know, measure up Um to I don't know whatever ways which we compare ourselves mm-hmm. to each other like there's a part of us like oh sh- she's out of the game she's too old right um you know even though I'm not really that much older than them but just by default of but, but you're playing the mother so it gives yeah. you this sort of status yeah um and it is also a relief like I feel like you know some of my other roles I was playing more something that was like sexy or a love right. interest or whatever and you you know you, there's the societal standards of how you're supposed to look and right. how and um so I, I definitely feel a sense of relief too in ter- terms of like I can just be a real person yes. I can really look like myself yeah. I can really just bring my whole self to the table um so I, Have you played I, a mother before in other parts Yeah in Bridges of Madison County right, was was similar I felt like you know I could just be a woman mm-hmm. um but it's cool because i think like you were saying um before we started recording like being around people who are a little bit younger i feel the same as them like they look at me as being older but i think of myself as being the same as them like, hey guys <laughs> what are we doing yeah um, i want to go on instagram yeah can you show me how to use it <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so it is this kind of like great time to learn from people who are you know just seeing the world in a slightly different way because of the difference in age i wanted to ask you if you don't mind because diane paulus is someone who has become uh really at the center of so many new fresh pieces of work Mm -hmm. um you know, if you've lived in Boston, you've admired her work and seen her for a long time. But since yeah. Pippin and all these other things that have come to New York, she's really been this woman who has taken this town yeah. and and shown us all the ways in which you can make magic happen yeah. on stage in new and different ways. And Diablo Cody. and I mean, there were so many people making this thing together. Yeah. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about, you know, being – with this thing from the very beginning, mm-hmm. being at the center of it, what was it like when you talk about, you know, what's on the page? Mm-hmm. I guess I have a couple of questions. One, obviously the music was the music. Yep. Maybe different songs were, I don't know if different songs have been put in or taken out and there's some new songs mm-hmm. in the play. But what was the process of creating, you know, you weren't doing a part, you know, you weren't taking over for someone else. You weren't doing the tour of something. There was no map. Right. Um, there was no YouTube video to look at and go like, how did Kelly O'Hara do? Like, right. okay, that's great. And then I don't want to do that. Like, right. <laughs> you know, which I love, actually. It's a relief. I love, please let me take over for someone. Please let them do all the work. And then I'm like, oh, great. I just show up and try to do what they did. Um, but this was really day one. Like, it was all you and this team making this person come to life. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about what that collaboration was. I've heard you say that you felt like they were really 
incredible to work with, very trusting of you. Mm-hmm. Um, I just created a new role. It was really hard. Yeah. And I s- felt insecure a lot of the time. Yeah. Or sort of like, is this, how am I doing? Right, um, right. So how was it for you? Um, yeah, it is scary, but it is my favorite. I love creating something new um, just because there is the most freedom in there. Um, and there are no handcuffs, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes I feel like if you're, it's hard. I find it much harder to replace or to do something that someone else has done before. Um, and I was really concerned with, um, you know, not villainizing this character at mm-hmm. all um, because I felt like it would have been an easy trap to fall into to, you know, have this sort of picture-perfect woman who then is secretly a drug addict to make her sort of this stereotypical person that we all want to hate. Uh-huh. Um, and I just felt like it was way more interesting and way more human to you know, tap into her vulnerabilities and her history and what is, what led her to the the place where she is. So I did a lot of, um, you know, research on creating a backstory for her that would have been probably accurate, Mm -hmm. you know, um, based on a lot of other people's real life stories. Right. Um, And this is someone who suffered a trauma when she was younger. Right. And then someone who had a surgery and that was, Ha- right and right. that's why the prescription first came her way yeah and then it was delicious she mm-hmm. thought mm-hmm. to be numb in yeah. this way and you know i mean as we probably all know and have read or know people ourselves like it's so common and um it and also just so painful and one of the things that really struck me when i was doing the research was the like agonizing struggle of wanting to quit something and not being able to and then the vicious Mm -hmm. cycle of hating yourself because you couldn't do the thing that you want to do but you need the thing and was there anything in your life that you felt like is that something you've struggled with in life or was it more coming to it as an actor doing research I mean, to this degree, when we're coming to it as an actor with research, but I certainly understand that, um, you know, I'm, I have very high standards for myself. I'm really hard on myself, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so I get easily frustrated if I'm not able to accomplish something that I set right. my mind to do. Or, or what you expect of yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, I get it in my own you know, small way. Yeah. So having worked with Diane Paulus, mm-hmm. what is her vocabulary like in working, in collaborating with her? If you had to sort of talk about, because you've worked with a really vast and huge group of directors, all mm-hmm. different kinds of personalities, men. And have you worked with other female directors before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, I mean, I, I did Reasons to be Pretty several years ago with a wonderful director named Maria Miley, who's yeah. awesome. And um, and Tyne Raffaelli, who was Bart Scher's assistant, actually really assembled our tour. Yeah. She was also awesome. Um, 
Yeah, so there's something so wonderful about particularly telling a woman's story and then having a female director. Mm -hmm. I think it's really a gift. Um, How does she start? Like when you begin the work... I don't mean literally like first day speech, yeah, welcome, but no. what's her, although I'd love to know her she's first day speech. She's very, um, uh, the thing I love about Diane is that she's constantly questioning. Uh-huh. Um, she is constantly working. You mean even her own mm-hmm. idea about something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's constantly asking like, is this the best version? Can we d- dig in there deeper? Is there something else? And so... Um, you Is know, there a lot of we table did, work uh, where you sit around talking? Some, yeah, we did. She works best, I think, with people on their feet. Like, mm-hmm. she's very visual, so she really learns by seeing things in the space, which can sometimes be challenging, I think, as an actor. Um, Was she wanting you guys off book pretty quickly or hoping yeah, that you guys I think could that be she scriptless. works. Yeah, she, yeah. I, I think it's just like it helps her to see things. Mm-hmm. So just, I mean, it just is like, okay, that's how she is. So like that. I, I like working that way, too, right. to some extent, that your body sort of can inform you a lot. Um, but, like, when we did a table read, then the first thing she did was ask every single person in the cast to write down, like, two questions that they had that came up for them during, you know, and then we sat and talked about that for quite That's a while, cool. which I love. Yeah. And she's really, um, she's so game, like for whatever you have to bring, which I also love a director that's like that. You know, some directors are very specific. They have a really, um, like, detailed vision of exactly what they're going to want. Right. Um, And I think she is more of, like, a blank canvas that's open to, like, what are you bringing? And then let's shape that. I want Elizabeth Stanley to create this part. Right. What does she need to do that? So for me, that was awesomely you know yeah it's just like and then the same thing our choreographer who I can't say enough great things about Sadila Rachel is so wonderful in that same way of of seeing like oh I noticed this this moment that you had or this thing that you did and I interpret it like this and let's keep that and let's shape it this way or let's put this into the movement or um so that is is helpful because sometimes as an actor you're doing and you're not even necessarily aware of every how things are reading so it's great to have these sort of like people to filter the things that are working and the things that are not and would is it i always feel like i'm going to say her name wrong alanis Mm -hmm. okay yeah um so this is material that she knows really well is it 25 years ago or 20 years 25 years yeah like her and her cars singing ironic (laughs) like it's so crazy um at some point is she is she pretty hands-on? Does she pop in and out? Like, how does how does that work? Yeah, she um, she definitely was involved via video with mm-hmm. the creative team, um, had a lot of input, and then was in the room a fair amount also, and is so generous and giving. Um, I feel like she is someone who it's very clear she's been famous for a long time. So she's, and maybe she's always been like this, but it seems like she's really mastered the art of making people around her feel comfortable rather than be afraid of the famous person in the room, you know? So she's not retreating in the corner out of shyness, but, but being really puts you at warm and gracious. Yeah. Um, That's nice. Yes. So nice. Um, But really wise, I would say like she was much more um, invested in, the relationships with characters, the arc of um, characters, the specificity of language. Um, Meaning? 
Um, in the book? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I feel like those were her bigger concerns rather than like, oh, Elizabeth is not singing this the way that I sing mm. it. You know? Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, and maybe she was giving the, those notes indirectly, like right. through Tom O'Brien. And, yeah. you know, they just trickled down to me. But, um, yeah, it feels to me like she was, you know, she knows the music so well and she has the meaning and the intention behind it that I think how it was working into the story and what what these songs then are now saying in the context of this book was um, maybe more interesting to her, more important to her than like how exactly the songs are being executed. Right. So as someone, you know, you've sung so many different styles Mm -hmm. of music, but but this is rock, right? Yeah, rock (laughs) musical. Yeah, and and the the level of you know physicality that goes along with singing a song in this kind of rock musical is different than like you know a a quiet, lovely, you know, tender moments that you know happen in other shows. Right, right. Um, and and also, by the way, you guys, there's so much comedy in this beauty. There's also so much comedy Diablo in this Cody's show. book is it's, so genius, yeah. I have to say. Yes, like, the she balance. gave us so many gems. Yes, yeah. and the balance <laughs> of like real life and things that are hard and then just ways in which humor can save us all um, is really – it's such a wonderful release for the audience yeah. as well to have those moments. Um, but how do you – I mean, I, I feel like my mother right now would be like, how do you learn all those lines? You're like, I don't know. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. Um, but but it is a, a level of energy. So how do you, like five show weekends, right? Yeah. Like, okay, it's Friday. Uh, how do you even like begin to prime yourself for what's about to happen? You've been doing it. For years, but how long has it been on Broadway now? When did you guys? Oh, we start? opened in December, so right. we had you know month of previews kind of before that. So, yeah, and we started rehearsals in September, so we're like six months in of yeah. really you know doing this a six big days a week, physical plus all the press that you guys have so generously lent your voices and bodies oh. to, which means <laughs> well, like it's fun when you about. wake up. Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> here we are. We're singing it at five a.m. on Good Morning America. Right, so. so how do you physically take care of yourself? How do you mentally psych yourself? What's been like, are there rituals? Do you have talisman in your dressing room? Like, <laughs> what is Elizabeth's jam? I mean, sleep is like the main thing. I definitely just have to make sure I get a lot of sleep. Um, How do you wind yourself? T- like, you come home yeah. and you're kind of wired i'm not i'm you're actually not. really tired at the end of the show That's it's good. really exhausting you're not watching yeah. turner movie classics till 3 i'm a. not okay no no it's it's pretty easy for me to go to sleep so um yeah i i have to make sure that i get at least eight hours um and then and drinking a lot of water i mean it's just like the boring basics right. but those are those are the main things and then i think like you know really detaching from it so like when i leave it's just like this is behind me this is not my character this is you know I know, but i'm sure people you know when ben platt was here you know people who are doing shows where the audience really sees themselves yeah in the story you know we talked a lot about and with Catherine too mm-hmm. gallagher like how do you take in other people's wanting to share with you mm how they related or how they saw themselves reflected 
back to them mm-hmm. and how healing the show is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that your name is Healy, I by know. the way, short for healing. <laughs> um, I'm sure people want to get time with you. And so how do you find a way to do that but also protect yourself? Yeah. Um, part of it is that, like, I have to limit my engagement. Um, a lot of times I have people who have come to see the show. And so, you know, I'm spending time with people after the show. Meaning people that you know from life. People that Friends, I know. Friends, family. And, yeah. yeah, which means that I don't end up doing the stage door. Because they're visiting you in your dressing room afterwards. Right. Right. And uh, by the time I've visited with them, the people are have mostly gone. Hopefully. They've gone um, home. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... You know, I felt a lot of guilt about that at first. I was like, oh, people are standing at the stage door and they're hoping that, you know, we'll all come out. And and I just kind of had to surrender to that, like that it's it's okay if I don't do that every time. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. That, you know, you know it's like yeah. sometimes I will when I can, sure. I will. Um, and, and it's just setting up those kind of boundaries for myself. Um, that in order to just maintain my personal like wellness and sanity, like there's only so much I can give to other people. Right. And you want to be able to do your show really well. Yeah. Which you are. Yeah. <laughs> so what are your pre-show rituals? Do they change show to show? Do you have something that you always do no matter what the show is, like touchstones? Oh, um, I, I mean, like these are these are not really even like like witchy things. These are just like practical things of just like always like vocalizing a lot, just to make sure everything is kind of like good to go and warmed up. And then I always do like ten push ups and twenty five crunches just to kind of like wake up my body. Um, are you a workout person in life? I try to be, although I have to say, like with my schedule at the moment, I'm not as. Um, on it as I would like to is be. Is it and like it's gym or dance frustrating. class? What's your um, I'm pleasure? more of a yoga person, which uh-huh. is not really a workout, but you know, it's like a, it just makes my whole being feel good. It's like yes. a workout for my brain. It's a holistic and my, workout. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's, and is it a company that like does a dance party in the green room before? Or are you guys checking in with each other in your dressing rooms? Or are you more solitude? person i am more of a solitude person um i just kind of have to like get my wits about me and i get more i um i'm sort of an introvert by nature so like being around a ton of people sometimes is depleting for me right. rather than like it's charging the best me up prep. yeah and do you listen to music in your dressing room before I don't. your show no i know some people really are into that but i another i stole this I think it's from Andrea Martin. A friend of mine told me about it, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, um, of like putting a scent on. So like I'll have a different perfume for every character that I play. So like, you know, that's like part of the ritual, I guess. And are these oils that you blend yourself or is this like happiness by Clinique? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I try and find one that already exists in the okay. world. So yeah. can you share what... Uh, the jagged little pill set. I know you're going to ask me that, and I can't remember what it's called. Okay. Um, but I can. It's not that I'm trying to be yes. secretive about it. Um, let me think about it. It'll okay. come back to me. <laughs> okay, I really appreciate that. A big thing that happened, and was that you got engaged. Yes. Are you still engaged? I'm still engaged. Okay. I yeah. saw that beautiful ring on your finger. <laughs> you're very expressive, but I didn't want to presume anything. Oh, yes. So congratulations. Thank you. Is this someone you've been with for a long time? Uh, I mean, not not in most people's standards, probably. We've been together about a year and a half. So that is really fun. 
It is. Like, I remember getting engaged. I was like, I can't believe how corny this is, but it's still like fun in all the ways I thought it would be fun. And there's something about just making that promise out loud Mm -hmm. and sharing it that you just sort of, I don't know, I just remembered being like, I cannot believe how fun this is. (laughs) I don't know why this thing that's been going on for one million years still resonates in the way that it does. Um, Are you planning a wedding? Yes. So are you enjoying the distraction and the fun of like the hopefulness of it all? Yeah, it's really, it's so nice to have that sort of like, completely different energy and focus um you know i mean it's it's also kind of feels insane that it's happening at the same time it's like a pretty exciting time in my career but um that's kind of how life is it seems like you know it's like when it rains it pours for the for the good or the bad you know (laughs) Um, know. so are you a wait for the other shoot a drop person or are you able to just I mean I imagine when you talk about theology nature yoga <laughs> taking care namaste. of yourself namaste yeah. Stanley um, are you able to stay present without expectations of any kind is I mean, that something you've learned <laughs> I, I think I would be superhuman if I were able to say like expectations none never um, yes but, I but really, you are from Iowa. I am. Yeah, we're pretty I'm practical to people. I'm a Midwesterner, <laughs> and I just think it's the greatest. Like, if I could per- make that a perfume, if, <laughs> yeah. that, if I could call it Midwest, um, there's oh. something lovely about that kind of grounded mm-hmm. kindness. Yeah. That oh, I love that. you exude and that people from the Midwest <laughs> just do. But you were – I interrupted you, and I apologize. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Because I think you are superhuman. But yes, you're saying you're not. I appreciate that. So how do you deal? But I do think it's like I do really try and keep myself pretty in check about um, celebrating this just this moment that I'm in, you know. I mean, because, you know, that life in general but also like this particular industry of theater is so unpredictable and you just don't know what what will happen you know I mean I've seen so many people have a wonderful career moment and then that's kind of it it didn't build in you know and and um and so and I so I don't know this might be that this might lead to like other awesome wonderful things that you know will be a, a great surprise but you know who knows do you do a lot of touring and concerts of your own stuff? Um, I have done some, and it's something that I really enjoy. So I'm, I'm hoping to, you know, continue to do more of that yes, for sure. because I want people all over the land to get to. <laughs> like, we're so lucky that we're in New York and we get to see these shows and we get to see you in it. But I feel like yeah. concerts are a way for people who can't just hop on a plane. And right now with coronavirus, oh, yeah. people are not hopping on planes no. in the way that they might have hoped. Right. Um, I don't know, for them to just get to be in your presence and hear you sing, whatever it is that you want to sing. Before you go um, to rehearse something exciting, (laughs) uh, is there a little known fact about you that comes to mind that you can share with my listeners? Mm, A little known fact. Should it be deep or should it be... uh, It should be deep. Deep. And shallow. (laughs) (laughs) 
it should be whatever pops in your head. Oh, man. With Derek, it was the whole ventriloquist thing <laughs> that he does. And suddenly there was an entire ventriloquism act that happened. Uh, he didn't realize that's what he was going to say. Oh and my that's God. what came out. Are you also a ventriloquist? I sad to say, no. I need him to give me some lessons. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that it's so little, but... I, I sort of hinted at it before that, like, yeah, I'm really um, pretty private. I'm a pretty, like, um, I like a lot of alone time, um, kind of cozy kind of person rather than I think a lot of the characters I play tend to be, like, big and large. Right, like April. Yeah. Was Sondheim around at all when you did that? Um, A little bit, yeah. He came out of town when we did it. And did you recognize it. him? Of course. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I, kn- I do know what God looks like. He just <laughs> walked in. Yeah. He rehearsed with us um, a little bit when we were in Cincinnati and then also was around just a couple days. Were in, there any things that he said that sort of stuck with you from that experience? I know this is so out of left field, but anytime oh. I'm in the presence of someone who's spoken to oh, Sondheim, God, I, I love know. to just know... I don't know, like what you wrapped around yourself with. Yeah, I mean, he, I remember he gave my performance a slight adjustment that really did like affect it in a wonderful way. Like I was playing April as a very like pert, very efficient flight attendant. Um, And he gave me the adjustment like, oh, maybe it's like she's just a little bit stoned. You know, not really that she is, but just like her energy is a little bit more that. that. Um, which I ended up loving as an adjustment. It was well, like what such a great, a great thing to hang your hat on. Yeah. Like whatever that means, yeah. it gives you permission to just loosen up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was really fun. I, and I think it like really um, then ended up coloring the way in which she's just a little dim. Right. You know. Right. <laughs> Sweet right. April. But yeah. gives you, right. But gives you permission. Yeah. As opposed to a character judgment. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if it's induced by something else, it's not that she's not smart, it's right. that she's, the smartness is being inhibited yeah. by this other thing getting in the way. Um, Elizabeth Stanley. Yes. I have been such a fan for so long. Anyone I told that you were coming on today, they were like, you're going to be so sad when she has to leave. Oh. And it's true. I'm so sad <laughs> that you have to leave, but I'm so Thanks grateful. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And, and really the integrity, the integrity you have filled this particular character with, but all the things that you do. So here's to theology landscaping. (laughs) Um, I can't wait for that. And and have a beautiful show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I so enjoyed speaking with you. I'm so glad. Hey, before I really say goodbye, Elizabeth texted me when she got back to the theater. The scent that she wears in Jagged Little Pill is called Aztec Noir. So there's another little known fact for you. Thank you for listening. Until next time, have a great day. Hey, I am so excited to share some news with you guys. For the last few months, I've been working on another project that I've been calling Little Known Facts 
2.0, Stage Network, an incredible new streaming platform which promises to be Netflix for theater lovers, asked me to do Little Known Facts as a filmed series, a talk show, as it were, in front of cameras. And I really thought about it for a long time because the thing that's made this podcast so special is that all of my guests have been able to share deep, intimate truths about their lives because we are in this tiny, comforting, confessional that is the podcast booth. And I really had to think hard, could I still deliver the same kind of intimate, raw, hilarious, and unique interviews if cameras were involved? But I think I figured it out. And I'm so grateful to Stage Network for allowing me to make my dream of sharing incredible friends with you in this whole new way. So I shot six episodes. The first one uh, is with Ben Platt. Other guests include Celia Keenan-Bolger, Zachary Quinto, George Salazar, Nikki M. James, John Slattery, and I cannot tell you how thrilled I am to share them with you. Stage Network really is an amazing place. Not only is it filled with incredible original content, uh, it has licensed so much theater-related content, documentaries and films and all sorts of incredible programming. I feel like I dreamed up a network and someone else created it, and here it is. And the fact that I'm involved in even a small way with this incredible, incredible network is just truly an honor. So to that end, uh, to watch all of the content, including Little Known Facts, the series, go to watchstage.com. Enjoy, and I hope you like it. This episode was recorded and produced at MCM Creative Studios in New York City, It is a full-service production company. Whether you are doing a podcast, a film, a commercial, a video, an industrial, anything you need to make, they have the facilities to do it and really talented people to make whatever your vision is happen. MCM Creative Studios in New York City. Thank you to John Zaytoon, who is the talent coordinator for this episode. Little Known Facts is edited by Nicholas Klar and recorded in New York City.